Uh, as we get started, let's pray and ask God to help us as we come to his word. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, you are our creator uh, and you reign this day. Uh, we thank you that we can gather uh, in your presence and uh, get to know more about who you are and what you've done. Thank you for the Gospel of Luke um, and how it uh, teaches us who Jesus is, that we meet uh, Jesus and it can change our lives. Please be doing that work in us this morning by your Spirit. Uh, in Jesus' name, Amen. So we reached the end of our series on Luke's Gospel. Uh, if you need reminding, uh, Luke was a first century doctor and historian who sought to investigate the events surrounding Jesus' life and write an orderly account of it all uh, based on eyewitness testimony. The past two weeks, we've heard how uh, Jesus appeared to his disciples after he'd risen from the dead and then commissioned them to go and spread the news of what they'd seen. Uh, now he leads them from Jerusalem out to a mountain near Bethany. He blesses them and as he's doing so, he's taken up into heaven. Uh, this is the climax of volume one of Luke's account. Uh, volume two is the book of Acts where Luke continues the story. But the ascension of Jesus, Jesus being taken up into heaven, is where Jesus has been heading all along. And it's the final thing that Luke leaves us with. But what's so important about the ascension? It's just these four little verses. Let's back up a bit. Well, throughout Luke, we've seen Jesus presented as Saviour. Uh, who remembers the memory verse? Anyone? Oh, Luke 19 verse 10. Luke 19 verse 10. Yep. Uh, yes, good. What does it say? Yeah, cool. Bit of dancing, grooving, the rap, very nice. Uh, yes, so the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came to seek and save the lost. At the beginning of Luke, we're told how an angel of the Lord appears to some shepherds to announce the birth of Jesus. And the shepherds are absolutely terrified at the presence of the angel, at the glory of God shining around them. But what does the angel say? The angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. So this is how Luke sets up the rest of his gospel account. Jesus is the saviour who will bring great joy. And we see Luke trace this throughout his gospel account. Uh, as the saviour, Jesus has come to bring healing for the sick, forgiveness for the sinner, welcome for the outcast. And as all of these people experience Jesus as their saviour, they experience the great joy that flowed from the restoration and renewal that Jesus brought to their lives. Then we get to the end of Luke, and Jesus is tragically killed, executed on a cross by the Romans. But then triumphantly, he's raised to new life. He appears to his disciples with a new transformed body, having taken on death and come out the other side victorious. He's broken death's power. This is good news. And the disciples are filled with joy. But now, in this passage today, as Luke concludes the account of Jesus' life on earth, 
Jesus leaves his disciples. What? He's risen from the dead. He's appeared to them. He's uh, taken away their sorrow. They've enjoyed his presence, his, his friendship. And, you know, everything seemed to be working out. Life was going to be okay. And he's gone. Just like that. But look at their response. In verse 52, they worship him and return to Jerusalem with great joy. Great joy. Why? Doesn't that seem odd? Jesus, their saviour, the one who'd come to make everything new and to put everything right, had left them. So why did the disciples experience great joy? That's the question we're thinking about today. Why does the ascension of Jesus lead to great joy? So firstly, let's think about how Jesus ascends. Where has Jesus gone? Well, Luke tells us that when Jesus left the disciples, he was taken up into heaven. Now, what's happening here is this Jesus, you know, putting on his jetpack and just flying up into the sky. It's a bit of a throwaway line. He doesn't really give us a whole lot of detail. Um, it, it kind of seems significant, but Luke just sort of moves on. What does it mean that Jesus was taken up into heaven? Well, heaven is where God dwells and his blessing is fully and perfectly enjoyed. In Luke's other account, of the ascension in the book of Acts, we're told that as Jesus is taken up to heaven, a cloud hid him from their sight. Now in the Old Testament, a cloud signified God's glory, the presence of God in all his splendor and power, his perfection and holiness. So as Jesus is taken up from earth into heaven, He's ascending into God's presence. He's returning to the realm of the divine, into God's glory. And this happens not only because he's the divine son of God, but he's done the work on earth that God set out for him. He's died on the cross. He's risen to new life, triumphing over sin and death. And now God is glorifying him and exalting him. Jesus ascending into heaven is Jesus being enthroned as king of the universe. And the disciples get this. Uh, we're told in verse 52, they worship him. But Jesus isn't just the divine son of God returning to heaven. But he's returning to heaven as a human being. Jesus is the ascended man. He rose from the dead with a physical human body and now he ascends with a physical human body. So what the ascension means is that as Jesus enters the heavenly realm, there is now a human being in God's presence. This is a radical idea a human being in the presence of God. Why is that so radical? 
Well, by ourselves, we can't ascend. Throughout the story of the Bible, we've seen that humans can't exist in God's presence. God made us to be his people, to dwell with him and fully enjoy his blessing, to experience the deep joy of life with him. But all of us have rejected him as our God. We've wanted his blessing without him. When this happened, when humans tried to live apart from the God who made them, heaven and earth become divided. God's perfect presence suddenly becomes unbearable for imperfect humans. And so we've been cut off from his glory. This fracturing of heaven and earth continues today. And we, we, we see the effects of this all around us, don't we? The world is not perfect. Our lives are not perfect. There's brokenness and pain, suffering. This is the reality in which we now live. We are subject to death. And in and of ourselves, we don't have a hope of returning to exist in God's presence. It's a despairing picture. And I think in light of this, we often lack joy in the Christian life. The disciples of Jesus, though, they lived in the same world as us. They faced this same reality. Yet following the ascension of Jesus, they had great joy, even in the midst of all the brokenness. And this was a present thing, not just sort of a, a distant uh, hope of future joy. Would you describe your life as one of great joy? Joy overflowing in every area of your life. I wonder where you're at at the moment. You might be feeling weary and tired, weighed down with the struggles and sorrows of life, and your joy has been sapped. Uh, perhaps you've endured sickness or you're feeling the pressures of responsibility of uh, family and work and church and you've got to do it all on your own and keep up with everything to make everyone happy. You trudge on day by day carrying a burden. You, you know Jesus has died for you and rose to new life, but... Well, that just sort of feels distant. It's not a, a tangible, daily, lived experience. Perhaps God seems far away. And you, you doubt if he loves you or if he cares for you. Perhaps the, the spark of joy that you once knew in God has been snuffed out. I 
This lack of joy, I think, comes from a failure to grasp the reality of Jesus' ascension. We can end up living as though Jesus has left us for good. As we struggle on through the trials that we face, we think we're alone and this is our reality, that that Jesus has gone and he's not returning. And, And we're robbed of our joy. Are you living as though Jesus has gone and left you and he's not coming back? Twenty twenty was a rough year for everyone, wasn't it? Uh, I think just about all of us can identify with some of these uh, things that we're thinking about: the trials, the struggles, the burdens. Um, for my own part, I was uh, found last year really hard. At times where I felt really down and tired, and life just seemed really hard and. The, the joy that I'd known in the Christian life, I, it kind of wasn't there. Now perhaps you can relate as well. Our lack of joy is evidence of the divide between heaven and earth, the fracture between us and God, between one another and within ourselves. And I think our attempts to fix it with, with life management practices are futile. We try and deal with our weariness by, by thinking, well, we've just got to do more mindfulness and cut back on our schedule and do more exercise and sleep better and you know, devise new ways of efficiency. Now, these are all good things, but they don't actually fix the problem, it might help us cope better in the short term, but it doesn't reunite heaven and earth. Deep, unwavering, present joy remains elusive because by ourselves, we can't ascend to heaven. We can't return to God's presence. But through Jesus... We can ascend. Luke presents Jesus as the saviour of the world. He came to seek and save the lost, us, those who who are lost from God's presence. Jesus came down from heaven and entered into our brokenness and mess on earth. He took on human flesh and walked on this earth as a man. He took on our weaknesses and struggles So he he can identify with us and empathise with us. And ultimately, God's rescue mission would lead Jesus to the cross, where he would die for us in our place to break death's power and bring healing and restoration, the salvation that Luke's gospel has been pointing to all along. He made himself low in order to raise us up. And the fulfilment of that salvation is displayed in his ascension. 
His ascension is God's seal of approval on his life and death and resurrection. That his work on behalf of humanity is sufficient. Jesus enters heaven then as fin- having finished his work of salvation, paving the way for us to ascend with him and dwell with God forever. By ascending into heaven as a human being, Jesus has opened the gates of heaven for human beings to enter. Uh, There's a friend of mine, Liz, who uh, shared a story with me recently how she was travelling with friends in Greece. Uh, And they were out somewhere and they were overheard talking uh, with their Aussie accents uh, by this security guard. Now, it turned out this security guard was from Sydney. So he's like, hey, Aussies! And they got chatting. And then it turns out he's a security guard for Usain Bolt. Whoa, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, and he then scores them an invite to Usain Bolt's 31st birthday party (laughs) in Mykonos, in Greece. And so, so they go along and there's like 25 people there, uh, you know, just chilling out, partying, dancing, and they're there at Usain Bolt's birthday party just because they met the security guard who was an Aussie who could identify with them and he had access to this famous sports star. As they say, it's who you know. Now, in the same way, because Jesus took on flesh as a human being, he identifies with us. And because he's ascended into heaven, he has access to God's presence. So through his ascension, Jesus secures an invite to heaven for us. And he can say of his fellow human beings, They're with me. Through knowing Jesus, the ascended man, we humans can dwell with God once again. Jesus is in heaven, in God's presence, having secured a place for us there. Human beings can now enter into God's glory because there's a human being already there on our behalf. Jesus Christ, the true human, The one who has passed through death, crushing its power, being raised to new life. He's charged through the great divide. He's bridged the gap between heaven and earth. He's made the divine realm accessible for human beings once again. This is the reality the disciples grasped after Jesus had left them. And it sparked great joy within them immediately. Not just something they were hoping for down the track. This is something that reshaped their whole lives. And though Jesus physically left them, he didn't leave them alone. As he was taken up to heaven, Jesus was blessing his disciples. And this work of blessing his people continues while he is in heaven through the work of his spirit, which he promised would come to dwell within believers And as the story continues after the ascension of Jesus, we see the Spirit come. 
So for us today, Jesus is in heaven for us in God's presence right now. But he's also present with us by his spirit right now. And the spirit of Jesus is called the comforter. The one who reminds us of all Jesus has done on our behalf. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. Because Jesus is in heaven and his Spirit is in us, we have heavenly access to the joy and life of Jesus. Through his Spirit, we can pray to him, knowing that he has intimate access to God. And so we do too. This changes everything. It puts the the struggles and trials of life in perspective. If you're feeling weighed down at the moment, weary, burnt out, lacking that joy, then fix your eyes on Jesus, the ascended man, the human being who is now in God's presence, who's secured a place there for you, who has given you access to God the Father, to know true joy, Joy that lasts forever, but joy that we can experience right now. His presence in heaven proves that he has secured for us an eternal freedom from all our present struggles. The salvation we've seen throughout Luke, the the healing, the forgiveness, the restoration that Jesus has brought. Well, that has been secured for us and one day we'll experience it fully. The ascension of Jesus is what guarantees that for us right now. We don't fully experience it now, but it's a present reality, sure and certain. And when you grasp this, that Jesus is in heaven for you on your behalf, you'll experience joy that nothing can touch, a joy that is unshakable in the face of life's struggles. A joy that transforms you, a joy that flows throughout your life, that uh, points other people to Jesus as they see uh, that joy displayed. Jesus, your saviour, is in heaven right now for you, on your behalf, in God's presence. He came down, made himself low. But God has raised him up and has exalted him. Jesus has charged into heaven. He's banged down the door. He's made it possible for human beings to dwell with God once again. He holds out his hand to you saying, Come, ascend with me. Be with me in the presence of God. Enjoy the fullness of of true joy now and forever. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you as the one who made himself low, who came to this earth, took on human flesh, who died for us, but was raised again in great power Thank you that you have gone into heaven on our behalf, 
that you are now in God's presence for us. May this reality capture our hearts and shape our whole lives so that we experience joy that is real and deep, that is unshakable and that overflows. We pray this in your name. Amen.